Good morning. This is Jay Barrett, and you're listening to KBBI AM 890 Homer. It's time for the COVID brief. Uh, let's do a roll call and see who's on the line with us here. Uh, let's uh, let's see. Dorotha Ferraro, are you with us on the telephones this morning? I am on the phone and can hear you great. Excellent. And let's see. Uh, Lauren Carroll, are you about? Good morning, Jay. You're loud and clear. I got Dorotha, too. Oh, excellent, excellent. And Peggy Irkineff, are you with us today? Doesn't sound like it. Hopefully she'll uh, log in soon. Uh, well, uh, good morning, uh, Dorotha and Lauren. I appreciate you uh, uh, joining us again, as usual, on a beautiful, uh, though dark, Thursday morning for the COVID brief. Uh, let's uh, get right to it. Uh, Dorotha, what's, uh, what's new with the numbers? Okay, so up at the hospital, and I have to pause for a second because I have a horrible echo in my ear, just trying to figure out how to make that go away. I'll do my best. So last week, the week ending December 14, in the last week we've had three um, visits to the ER related to COVID. We had one admission. Um, We did 637 tests and our positivity rate through our testing is 5%. Um, Our outpatient monoclonal antibody infusions that we've been doing with um, folks who get tested positive and qualify, we did 10 of those. So how are we doing? Mm, Looks like status quo to last week. Mm -hmm. Does it seem a little slow for this time of year? Well, I guess there's nothing to compare it to. <laughs> well, the hospital itself is not slow. Um, these are just COVID um, admissions and um, COVID ER visits. So um, plenty of other activity um, as far as ER and outpatient care and inpatient care. These are just um, COVID-specific numbers. Sure, sure. Uh, Lauren, uh, what's the statewide uh, figures looking like? One, two. Let's see. You know, Jay, cases have been decreasing in our state almost 30% since last week. That's statewide here in Alaska. Um, but the cons- one of the concerning things is that when looking at the entire nation, um, new cases of COVID-19 are up 40% as compared to a couple weeks ago. Um, so, you know, the numbers behind that, too, are an increase of over 20% in hospitalizations um, nationwide. Uh, but in regards to uh, testing, testing positivity right now statewide is about 3.6. But the, the more important part there is there's a downward trend, so that's promising. And in regards to hospitalizations, there's about 69 or 70 folks uh, statewide right now that they're, they're hospitalized because of COVID. And that accounts for about 7% of everyone that's hospitalized. And we only have 10 people um, that are on the vent right now. Now, that's a lot of people, but it's it's not as many as compared to several weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, has uh, Omicron been detected in Alaska yet? It sure has. You know, a, a few days, let's see, it was last, oh, it's this Monday. This Monday, it was detected in Anchorage, and that was... Uh, a specimen went to the state uh, lab and it was uh, sequenced and that's the first known Omicron here in the state of Alaska. And that was a person that 
was known to travel internationally back in November. Oh, okay. Um, you mentioned a spike in the lower 48. Is that uh, uh, Omicron-driven? You know, at, at this point, it's unclear. Uh, but what we do know is there's still a, an enormous amount of Delta activity in the lower 48. Now, when it comes to Omicron, uh, over three out of five states and now some territories have indicated that there is Omicron circulating. And the thing about um, knowing which variant is circulating, especially when a new one pops up, is sequencing takes a lot of time. So sometimes that information can run you know, a couple of weeks behind. But right now, about three out of every five states in our country has indicated that they, they found Omicron, it, as well as D.C. and Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Is there any indication yet that it is um, uh, more, um, I want to make sure I'm clear here, not easier to catch, but worse for you if you catch it? What would that be? That would be uh, virulent? Uh, virulence, that's good. That's good, Jay. Yeah, virulence is um, another way of saying that is uh, wh how much damage can that virus do if you get sick with it. Um, right mm -hmm. now, we don't know too much about the virulence. Um, we really need to collect a lot of data, and there's a ton of scientists working on that um, across the globe. Um, but what we do feel and think is that Omicron is, is very likely uh, more easily spread than the initial variant. And some initial looks at it compared to Delta, it looks like it might spread more easily, um, easily than Delta. Um, but we'll know more about that in the next few weeks as this unfolds. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, hmm. Okay. How about uh, uh, testing? How's uh, testing um, been going around the state? You know, the testing's great. Um, you know, it seems that uh, the testing positivity, or out of all the tests that have been reported, the positives and the negatives, the percent of those that pop up positive for COVID-19 has been decreasing for several weeks now. And that's an indication um, that COVID activity is decreasing. And that matches what we've been seeing in regards to the newly reported cases of COVID-19 but also decreased pressure on hospitalization, hospitals across the state for COVID-19. Um, you know, one thing that seems a little unclear um, as we look into the future is there's a lot of home tests out there available. And, and at this point in time, those don't have to be reported if they're um, conducted at home, uh, positives or negatives. So, you know, that might be something that might impact uh, those dashboard numbers in the future. And what I mean by that is uh, the dashboard numbers may be less informative in regards to activity uh, statewide or in a local community. Sure, sure. And Dorotha, as you told us uh, last week, I think it was, uh, home tests are going to be made available uh, over the holidays uh, uh, around here, right? Do we still have Dorotha? Perhaps the phone line was too bad. No, I am here. Uh, Lauren, what can you tell that. us? Oh, there you are. No worries. So, um, yes, we did, did you get, get my question? Some, we did get some home tests in, and we are offering those to two different um, groups or venues. So, first is that if you do not qualify for testing, 
there are some guidelines on state um, testing that kind of limit who we can test through our testing. So we are making those available upon request if somebody um, needs a, a home test. But specifically, we ordered those so that the um, hours that were closed over the holidays, that we would be able to still offer somewhat immediate testing like we do every day. So we are going to close the test site on December um, 24th, Christmas Eve. We're going to close at noon, and we're going to stay closed the rest of that day and all day Christmas. And then we're going to do the same for New Year's, close at noon and be closed um, all New Year's Day. But you don't control when somebody's going to call you and tell you that you were exposed to COVID. And um, a day can feel like forever, right? And um, so we want to make those home t um, test kits available during that time. So there will be instructions at the window of the test site on how to um, get a, a kit um, when we're closed like that. Oh, okay. Terrific. Terrific. Uh, Lauren, uh, I, saw, I see that the uh, average percentage of daily positives um, for the previous seven days, I'm looking at yesterday's uh, data summary from the uh, Division of Health, Department of Health, uh, was 3.61. Uh, what is the transmission uh, rate? The, is that the RT uh, figure? Where's that at these days, I indicating how, how many people, other infected people are infecting, right? Right, that what we call our uh, effective, or or what do we believe to be um, the number of people that each case of COVID-19 affects. Um, and that number is calculated only based upon the reported positives. And so it doesn't account for all the COVID activity that happens within communities that's not reported or known to us. And so that's a, an estimation, as is all of this data. Um, but that's roughly at about one, or what that means is that we're sustaining uh, activity where it is right now. And that number can be reflected in the newly reported cases as well. So when you see that, uh, look at the newly reported cases day by day on that graph, and the graph kind of goes up and down, but over the, the course of a week or two stays pretty much about the same, um, then that reproductive number is one. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, and as far as vaccinations go, I see 67% uh, of Alaskans five and above have at least uh, received at least their first dose. Um, and about 60%, five and older, have been fully vaccinated. Uh, what's the rate of vaccination in Alaska these days? Is there, are we... Um, what am I asking? Are we well, getting vaccinated quickly enough? You know, we're continuing to inch in the right direction, and, and that's great news. You know, from today's perspective, or actually yesterday, uh, about 60% of the folks who are able to get the shot have been fully vaccinated. And what I mean by able to get the shot is that's everyone ages five years of age and older or eligible to get um, COVID, vac COVID vaccine. Um, so that's great news. That's a little bit behind uh, the nation, but we're still headed in the right direction. That's really protective because uh, it's so effective, um, not only uh, keeping folks from dying or being hospitalized from COVID-19, but this is going to help us um, as we move further into winter. Uh, that's a protective factor against Omicron. Now, that makes me think about, too, uh, receiving a booster. Everyone that's 16 years of age or older 
um, should also get a booster uh, just as long as it's been about six months after you've completed your initial series of Pfizer or Moderna and at least two months after the Janssen or the J&J vaccine. And here in the state of Alaska, about, about one in every five folks have uh, received their booster. Mm-hmm. I got boosted over the weekend and um, Saturday, and I thought uh, Sunday I felt fine. My arm wasn't even sore where they injected me, and I was fine Monday morning. Then I started feeling a little run down, and uh, Tuesday I was uh, down for the count for, for half mm. the day, uh, but I was fine yesterday. Um, so I'm, I'm glad it didn't last long, and, I, and I'm glad I'm uh, extra protected. I saw a graph of... Um, nursing home deaths in America from COVID, and it showed uh, those who were unvaccinated how high their rate was, and it was very high. Those who had uh, one dose, those who've had um, a standard dose, and those were lower, uh, and then um, the people who have a full course plus a booster, practically zero over the last month or so. So... Yeah, that's that good thinking. I'm glad you're see? feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. That's good thinking. I'm glad you're <laughs> feeling better. And it kind of makes me think about weighing the risk and benefits of receiving COVID vaccine versus getting COVID. Um, so, yeah, those side effects are, do sound normal. And you can be down for the count for um, a few hours or even a day and sometimes longer. But it's really important to consider uh, why, what might happen if you do get COVID. And what we do know is um, that a a considerable uh, proportion of people that get COVID also get long COVID. And it's very clear that the, the best way to prevent long COVID is to not get COVID in the first place. Now, another thing that we know about receiving the booster is that um, with all vaccines, the efficacy or its ability to protect you wanes over time or gets less over time. Um, but we do know receiving a booster of mRNA vaccine gets that back up into the 95 or, or higher range. Yeah, you know, as bad as I felt uh, Tuesday, I, uh, you know, I knew that I was under no no danger of having to go on a ventilator. You know, I just I feel miserable, but it's better than the alternative. Which yeah, that that's so true. And you know, uh, one thing that's been demonstrated throughout the pandemic is folks that are older are, have an increased chance of hospitalizations, deaths, and being on a vent. However, um, that doesn't exclude the possibility for all other people. What we're seeing in Alabama right now is they're having a lot of uh, COVID activity. And part of that COVID activity also includes peds or uh, pediatrics, younger kids getting into the hospital. And they have several uh, pediatric clients that are on the vent right now. So um, we just want those folks to know that we're thinking about them. Yeah, I was going to ask about the... um I'm sorry, the uh, distribution of uh, deaths. I see in the, the state uh, rundown daily a lot of 60s and 70s, but I, I see a, a disturbing number of people in their 30s and 40s in Alaska who have, who have died. I know that's uh, the same nationwide. It's not just the elderly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And there are a couple of main factors there. Um, generally, as we get older, we have other uh, diseases or chronic diseases and, and health challenges. Um, but also the other big thing there is vaccination. Um, it's true that certainly there are breakthrough diseases. Um, 
no vaccine's perfect, but that's a, a major uh, role when thinking about layering on protective factors in order to keep yourself safe, but keep others safe. And those are good things to be thinking about as we enter into the holidays and the new year. And uh, another tool mm -hmm. in the toolkit there to help prevent death is certainly treatment. And some people may be test positive and have kind of what they consider mild symptoms at first. And so maybe they don't really reach out to their provider and they just think, oh, I'm just going to, you know, weather this storm at, at home alone. But sometimes, especially when you're alone, the symptoms can kind of become distorted and reality can become distorted. And it's super important if you test positive to just go ahead and let your provider know. That way somebody is um, looped in, they're familiar with your medical history, they're familiar with your situation, and they can kind of help you navigate that. Oh, that's very good advice. Absolutely. Um, the uh, the United States is approaching uh, a million deaths. Uh, We've eight hundred thousand now. Um, there have been eight hundred and fifty nine in Alaska. Um, that's um, you know it, it. We hear these numbers all the time, and you know every day there's. X number more um, dead in Alaska or nationwide. Sometimes there are none in Alaska. We're a small state. But, uh, hmm, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm just leading up to another philosophical question, which <laughs> I, I don't necessarily uh, want to put you guys on the spot mm -hmm. for, but it's, uh, it's um, the deaths are, are getting disturbingly large. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Yep. You know, Jay, that's right. It's it's staggering. It's a little difficult to get our brains wrapped around, especially when, you know, other uh, communicable and non-communicable diseases continue. Um, you know, like a one in every three Alaskans is obese, and that's a health threat. And then also uh, opioid-related overdoses continues to be a challenge um, in our state. Uh, regardless uh, of the fact that actually in 2020, uh, overdose deaths did not increase, but they did remain about the same. And, and that's that's really rough. That's about one person dies every three days um, in relation to an overdose uh, of opioid and poly substance misuse. Um, and that's compared to about roughly one person per day in Alaska um, passing away in, in relation to COVID. So yeah, I, I can relate to what you're saying, uh, Jay, that these are really... Uh, but kind of tough concepts to to think about. Mm -hmm. um, I read an article the other day, and it was uh, defending the safety of vaccines against um, fake news about uh, uh, getting a vaccine lowers your overall uh, immune system. Uh, it may boost your your. Uh, fight against uh, COVID, but overall your immune system goes down. That That's not true, is it? No, uh, that's not true. You know, uh, we get exposed to probably millions of uh, microbial threats each day and in our body's immune system, especially kiddos too. Kiddos are, have a robust immune system. But I think that the scoop here is uh, misinformation. And you know, not misinformation is that type of information that's not spread around um, 
with negative intent. Um, it's just how we exchange information or how we seek information. So I guess that kind of brings up a question like, how should I deal with this? How do I deal with uh, misinformation? I guess I would say one place to start, and I'm getting this from the Stanford History Education Group, is to simply ask three questions when considering information or misinformation. The first thing might be, you know, who's behind the information that I'm looking at? Um, what is the evidence? Uh, and then lastly, who, uh, what are other sources saying about, about the question or the uh, info that you're looking at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all good advice. Um, oh, I should give our phone number. I'm sorry, I haven't done that at all today. Uh, 235-7721. I'm sure that's the right one this week. 235-7721. Dial a 907, uh, probably. Uh, and uh, if you have a question or two, we've got about 10 minutes left with our guests, Rotha Ferraro and Lauren Carroll of uh South Peninsula Hospital and the Division of Public Health Nursing, respectively. Um, Dorotha, what's the um, what's the status of uh, uh, vaccine mandates in hospitals? Well, they just changed again yesterday, and I don't know that I am up to speed enough to reflect the entire thing or represent the entire decision. But I do know that in Alaska, as well as nine other states, the um, CMS mandate for healthcare workers is on hold. I do believe yesterday it got lifted for some of the other states in the nation, but in, um, let me read it here. Oh no, 25. It is paused in 25 states, and it's in effect in the rest. Okay, and which one was the group was Alaska in again? It is on hold. On hold in Alaska. All righty. Um, and uh, I imagine uh, SPH still uh, uh, leads in vaccination rates uh, in the community here? Yeah, we're doing Among pretty employees. good. We're at 70 percent for the entire workforce, and that includes um, extended, like travelers, contractors, a visiting physician. You know, it's it's very expansive what that means. So we're at 70 percent, and the direct patient care areas are even higher. So we're doing great. Um, but vaccinated or not, we follow all of the same infection prevention strategies, masking, um, physical distancing, um, cleaning techniques, just all of those, whether vaccinated or not. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> In our long-term care, uh, you know, regular testing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I am guilty uh, of going out maybe once every two weeks to get a hamburger and a couple of beers, uh, and I'm not wearing my mask. I'm fully vaxxed, uh, and now I'm boosted as well. Um, am I contributing to the problem when I do that, Lauren? What do you think? Well, I guess it would depend. Um, you just shared that you just got a booster, so that that's one um, positive impact um, for your health, but also all those people around you. Um, but also, uh, I guess I would say it depends on the environment, um, too. 
if if you're uh, packed into an Uber or a taxi and you're driving from Homer uh, to Anchorage, that's a different environment than um, you know sitting in Alibi or or Avidas to to have a meal. Those are, those are two very different um, environments. Um, and then lastly, it depends upon uh, as well if the virus is present in that environment. Um, so I think that what's also going on here too is that. Uh, you probably wouldn't go out for a hamburger and a couple of beers if you were having signs and symptoms of COVID. Um, so that's not perfect. You could have asymptomatic disease and be able to transfer uh, the COVID virus from yourself to other people. Uh, but that's another uh, layered protective factor for you. So you've got the vaccine. You're not going out. You're staying at home if you're sick and seeking testing. Um, and then also the, the environment. Um, it would really depend on uh, if you're jam-packed in there or if you got a little space uh, between each of you. Mm-hmm. Do you go out much? I do. Uh, I do when I go on vacation yeah. and then, but I'm in school, so when I'm kind of here in Homer, I actually hold up uh, in my cabin a lot with my cat um, studying, trying to get my homework done. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> last week, I think we heard about... Um, uh, antiviral pills. Uh, is there any uh, any more information on on these things? I don't have any updates on that myself. No. Okay, Dorotha. No. Well, there's a few different versions, and I think they're all still under um, FDA review. Oh, okay. Okay. There, there might be one that got approved, but to the best of my knowledge, or approved EUA, but to the best of my knowledge, we do are not using them here yet, but I need to research that a little bit more. Sorry. Oh, okay. And um, uh, uh, to, to uh, explain, these pills are uh, antivirals, and they are for, are, are they for before you're sick or when you just get sick? Are they uh, uh, anything like the infusion of the monoclonal antibodies? You know, to the to the best of my knowledge, uh, most antivirals are administered as a treatment. Um, so you're infected, then you get a treatment in, in order to stop the virus from doing damage or reproducing. Um, but that's not my area of expertise, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that would be a vaccine if it was given beforehand to keep you from getting it. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. You know, it is uh, it is nine thirty, and um, we have not gotten any calls, and I have not gotten any emails this week uh, for questions. Uh, you know, I think when the case rates go down, the the temperature of our uh, concern about this may relax a little bit. Hopefully, not all the way down. But uh, I I think we're done here today. Uh, Lauren Carroll and. Dorotha Ferraro. Uh, thank you both very much for joining us. Do you have any last things you'd like to uh, share with us before we go? I would just like to encourage everybody to get out and enjoy the Christmas lights. The temperatures are rising a little bit, so it's a little more comfortable for everyone. And um, the snow has temporarily stopped. So it's a nice time to get out and um, see all the lovely Christmas lights and enjoy the great outdoors. Lauren? Yeah, I like that. And, you know, uh, if you're out and about and you got your kiddos with you, 
Um, FDA expanded eligibility for a Pfizer COVID vaccine booster for 16 and 17 year olds. Um, so consider getting a booster for those kiddos, just as long as it's been um, at least six months since their second Pfizer. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise, uh, I just want to say thanks, Jay. All right, thank you. Thank you both. Doretha Ferraro from South Peninsula Hospital and Nurse Lauren Carroll from the Alaska Division of Public Health Nursing. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Jay Barrett. Thanks for joining us uh, here on the COVID Brief. We're going to send you back now to the studio and stay tuned for story time coming up at 10 o'clock. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.